Welcome to Reckless Moves. We play Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition with some friends, family, and fools. Our party consists of Bryn, an elven ranger, Crispin, a fire genasi barbarian, Marquail, a dragonborn sorcerer, Serial, a wild hunt cleric, Talfeth, a dwarf paladin, Twig, a halfling rogue, and I'm your dungeon master, Michael Cremeen. Why are we called Reckless Moves? Don't ask stupid questions. Jesus saves! Everyone else takes full damage. This is a Reckless Move session recap for an adventure that uh, was session three, played on June 9th, 2019. Uh, the summary of the session is that uh, the party delved really deep into Sunken Citadel, and uh, first of all, after being uh, chastised by Cobalt King Eustrail, who found out that you were taking a long rest in the sanctuary by barring the door with a sarcophagus, he gave you a six-hour time limit to find uh, Belak and return with victory. So your guide, Meepo, the disgraced uh, kobold dragon guard, had to come along to track time, uh, you know, when, when not cowering in the back behind things during a battle. Um, uh, you found a secret tunnel in the prison cells and uh, defeated a huge skeleton with Twig leaping onto its shoulder for some reason. This was very entertaining and dangerous, which will become a theme throughout all of the future sessions. After defeating the skeleton, um, finding a scimitar, which you later learned was magical, and probably not in a positive, life-affirming way. Uh, moving on, you found and overrun six goblin archers, who are both stunned and literally smashed, um, finding themselves both on fire, then as pincushions and battle dummies, uh, literally. Uh, past the archery range, uh, the party found and freed three kobolds and Erky Timbers, a gnome cleric who was the author of the map that they found and someone sent to find the four adventurers that you are seeking. Uh, to free Erky, Marquail melted the lock with acid, acid splash. Um, and so, uh, having avoided the danger and very grateful to the party, um, he joined the party to help out. And uh, this became one of the first quotes of the day, which Mark Whale <laughs> saying the lock had to do a saving through a 13. So moving northward after leading the kobolds to safety, uh, the party found a large room with two disarmed traps. However, then they soundly triggered a poison fountain by reading the dr draconic written plaque. Miraculously, the readers who read that out loud, reading Let There Be Death, avoided the cloud with minimal but somewhat awkward damage avoidance. Finally, founding a room that has been uh, permeating the air with a foul stench, like a stench like I described as rotten diapers, rotten eggs, and fish left in the sun together. They found and defeated Gutlash, um, a giant mama rat, uh, 
six feet long, huge, who uh, they lured into the newly reset trapping of the room and uh, killing its offspring. The rat, uh, Gutlash, lied in a 10-foot pit, badly damaged, where uh, Twig did the reckless move of the day, um, who said, uh, I jump into the pit on top of the giant rat and stab him, and missed badly with a terrible roll. Uh, not to be outdone, Talfeth also jumped into the pit and hit with the, um, his battle hammer, battle hammer, finally defeating the mother of all rats. And then uh, uh, Sariel <laughs> uh, decided, I'll dig into the filth. And uh, finding various treasure, um, the party found uh, partially consumed reins of Caracas, the ranger from the party that... Um, you were sent on a mission to seek. Adding to this, Sir Brafford, who you found two sadly deceased members of the party and hold two signet rings. Returning to Cobalt King Eustrail, you report on the progress, and after bathing from the extreme filth of Gutlash's lair, you learn some information and ready to resume the quest. The recap continues with session four from June 30th, 2019. Uh, the summary, after resting in the care of Eustrail, your temporary ally and kobold leader, the party decided to explore the southern area of the Citadel. After a brief stop to the vat of healing water, the party proceeded to the door they discovered upon first entering the Citadel, the Dragon Door. Uh, so using the ski, the, the ski, the key, discovered on the altar, where many skeletons were slain, and Bryn eventually opened the ornate dragon inlaid door. Dust flew out of a seal that was broken from long ago. A large room with a blue orb floated in the center of the room. Talfeth attempted to cover it with a blanket, but suddenly started dancing! Oblivious to any communication, Serial uh, goes to help her out, and also begins dancing. Non-stop, they can't reach or communicate with them. A large uh, help from the friends, fireballs and arrows eventually break the orb and the spell. The illusion broken, the shattered and broken mirror ball lies on the ground. The spell gone, Talfeth and Serial are really confused as to why they suddenly decided to disco. Uh, so telling them what happened, they say, let's not tell anyone about this. So of course we're doing it in our podcast recap. Uh, the quote... <laughs> The quote of that session was, uh, I pull out a pigeon, write all this down, and put it out on Twitter. That was serial. Moving to the next room, the floor covered with dust appeared normal. Twig, with his halfling height and a uh, high uh, uh, proficiency, notices when Crispin tosses a rock, there was a subtle indentation in the center of the room. To test it out, Crispin used his pack as a weight to test the center attached to a long rope. When it landed, flap! A flaming arrow sealed trap does fatal damage to his backpack and bedroll. Quote, I've got scorch marks on my bedroll again. That was Crispin. Avoiding the trap, the party entered the next room where a beautiful blue stone statue with red marbling uh, stood in the north wall with a plaque stating, We come at night without being fetched. We disappear by day without being stolen. What are me? And the party members speculate the answer. Talfeth piped up. Saucy body women? No. The, the answer was stars. Uh, 
And when they figured that out, a door opened in the west wall where a tall room with alcoves filled with beautiful statues of half-elf royalty from the original dwellers of the Citadel is found. They appear very lifelike, but of the six alcoves, everyone notices one in the south wall is missing. In the adjoining room, a nine-foot sarcophagus lay there, with rusted clamps holding the lid down and a beautiful dragon statue built into the lid. Uh, Serial, using Detect Magic, reports that there is magic both in the open alcove and the tomb. With this knowledge, Talfeth used uh, his Detect Good and Evil to report strong, bound, fiendish evil and a stronger evil from the coffin. So, rolling for initiative... Uh, the combat ensues first with a quasit, which Erky called Jot, and the demon strikes and disappears. Not to be fooled, Talfeth can see the evil moving, figuring out there is a hidden passage. Jot is surrounded and defeated, but not before daggers, arrows, and fireballs do some entertaining damage to corners, walls, and some scorching. Then, upon initial search... A notice in the hidden room indicates that a def that defeating Jot may unleash a crack, 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 crack. A notice in the hidden room indicate that defeating Jot may unleash a something from the coffin. When the statues start disappearing one by one, the party turns to see. An elfin warrior in plate mail with a glowing greatsword appears asking, What have you done? The coffin exploded with a dragon priest, long ago taking on more of a troll-like experience in rising and attacking. Uh, rolling for initiative, not to be swayed, the party uses a combination of ranged and surrounding melee attacks. Through the luck of a missed massive swipe by this troll, everyone smashes, slices, and shoots the dragon priest. Noticing he heals from some slicing damage, but radiant damage and Talfus Warhammer do more damage, the party adjusts. Suddenly, Twig does the reckless move of the day, leaping from Talfest's shoulders for some reason, straddling the eternal light candle attached to the helmet. Twig leaped at the enemy, stabbing at his eye. The troll reaction was so bad, rolling a wand, he fell down. The action created a uh, another lucky quote, which was, uh, "Lucky his twig, his twig might have gotten burnt." That was Mark Quayle. Uh, with persistence, luck, and strategy, the dragon piece is defeated, and the high elf warrior disappears. After searching for loot and finding treasure and items, some magical, the party prepares to leave and sees the top center statue looking familiar now. Feeling empowered and looking forward to new adventures, the party returns with Meepo, the former guard of Calcrix, the wormling, and Erky, who joined after being rescued, report to Usedrail back in the kobold there, only to find what looks like the carnage of a kobold and goblin war. Dead kobolds are seen rounding a corner. Meepos runs to one in sobbing silence. Stunned, the party looks further with the throne room empty, looking further in. The stores have been looted, and you spy an impaled Astar, the kind kobold royal family member that tasked you with uh, Grenell's demise earlier. You also see the northern fortified door has been blown open and a large exposed pit with spikes contains several dead goblin warriors. Finding the remaining kobolds barricaded in their community center, they report of the attack by Dern, the goblin's leader. Sariel and Talfest save four of the dying with their cleric and paladin abilities, uh, both wishing they could save more. 
Meepo is not to be seen anywhere now. Uh, so maybe his time with the party is done. Furious for revenge, the party rests and prepares for battle. Um, heading north with an improvised rope system, the party crosses into the goblin area. Talfeth only falls only to save, be saved by someone grabbing the everlasting light can at last minute and using it as like a lever. Talfeth makes it across. Entering the first room while Twig was about to stealth, Crispin does the reckless move two of the session. Kicking the door wide open, creating a large amount of noise in an enclosed stone room. Uh, there are a bunch of goblins in there, defeating two of the three goblins very quickly, one with an arrow through the eye, breaking out the back of his skull, the other one losing his head, literally. However, one escapes the room, and before a fireball fells him, his yelling attracts attention, and Twig vanishes, going into stealth. No one knows where he went. Finally, the final showdown of the session with the rage of what has befallen the kobolds, including children. You spy, when opening the door, three elite hobgoblins, the goblin shaman Grenel, and the massive Dern, a powerful hobgoblin chieftain. Battle ensues. A strategic bane spell and an entangle delivered by arrow turn the tide of the battle. Two people almost fall, only to be held right before unconsciousness or death. Suddenly, Twig appears out of nowhere, and does massive damage with the newly acquired dagger, and he vanishes again. Some goblins peek out of a door and cheer on Dern. Angered and confused, the attacks ensue. Dern, while rooted, takes blow after blow and takes it. But his confidence wanes when one after another of his hobgoblin elite guards falls. Once again, Twig appears out of nowhere and attacks Grenell. With strikes and poison racking his body, Twig rips him from groin to sternum, his entrails, organs, and blood pouring down on the halfling. Turning to the goblins watching the battle, he calls, Are you not entertained? Seeing this, the goblins shut the door. Watching the guard and right-hand goblin fall, Dern breaks the entanglement and runs using a scroll of expeditious retreat. Dern violates every facet of hobgoblin protocol. Like This is like a Klingon running from battle by running and the dying guards bleeding out, watching disbelief. The party heals up a little and explores the door where the goblins peeked out earlier, finding Goblinville. 34 workers, women, and children are living in squalor. Without even plumbing, the stench was strong. They're all emaciated, looking fearful, having witnessed your defeat of everyone but Dern. Uh, one guy, um, one of the goblins, identifies himself as Bill, and... Uh, and talks to the party. Begging for their lives through kindness, healing water, and compassion, you learn that these goblins are slaves to the Underdark serving Belak for his nefarious purposes. Dern was the installed whip to keep the goblins working. Goblinville, having heard this term said in fear before, kind of takes on a new connotation. Uh, Erky reports to you later that the three leaders of the slaves are actually named uh, Ernix, who said his name was Bill, Gilkus and uh, Tickers, offering information that there's a door to this room directly to Thr Dern's throne room. All the remaining goblins, the 34 that are seemingly alive, retreat to a distant room to recover and hide. So, stealthily opening the door to Dern's room, the party finds a panting and bleeding leader. Serial entreats everyone to talk with him, but the rest of the party attacks. Twig striking and then taking even more damage by Telfus Warhammer, 
Crispin's battle axe and Bryn's arrows and Marquail's ice knife splash damage. Dirt lies on the verge of death. Erky, ignoring Serial's pleas for parley and interrogation, delivers the final blow, and Dern is dead. Searching, you see the entrance to the Underdark, the domain of Belak. With additional loot and treasure, the party, who began with shiny and an untarnished armor, have kind of a different look. Grim determination, some scratches on their armors, and with newfound confidence, this is not the party that entered the Old Boar Inn and Carowin's estate. Only days after leaving, the party is now growing individually and coming together as a group. All of this took place in a short period of time. The party does take a short rest and begins to contemplate their next actions for the next session. Once again, this has been a recap of Sessions 3 and 4 of Season 1 of Reckless Moves. I'm Michael Cremeen, the Dungeon Master. Talk to you soon.